Uh, welcome back to our Monday night football recaps. After a crazy Sunday, somehow the Giants were going into the game with the ability to become just the third team to remain undefeated this season. And of course, Doc Prescott being out made that the job a bit more possible, you could say. But before we get into that, I want to welcome in Michael. And look, on the front of our minds, it's going to be the Monday Night Football recap. But on the back of my mind, is certainly that we're all going off to London on a Sunday. And I know a lot of our listeners will be as well. Indeed, indeed. Uh, obviously, thanks very much for having me on. It's, it's good to chat again, sir. Um, excited for London the weekend. It's it's an interesting game because uh, the Vikings and the Saints have had intriguing starts to the season. So I, I know it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time. I'm looking forward to Sunday. There's a a broadcast at nine thirty a.m. on Sunday with a couple of special guests. Uh, looking forward to seeing you for some uh, some cups of tea. <laughs> and the in, and the infamous and I'm telling you now the infamous uh, lunch that served in the press room at Tottenham at twelve o'clock on on Sunday so it's it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I suppose we won't um we won't talk too much about it because our our game in a in a week's time that we'll be looking forward to is the Giants and obviously they were playing against the Dallas Cowboys on one night football last night and I suppose like I said it was a surprise that the Giants went into it with the ability to remain undefeated, but I don't think I ever expected. I know you, Brian and I all picked against the Giants and I really was kind of expecting it to be the Dallas Cowboys defense that made that possible. Kind of wasn't the game that I expected it to be as it played out. I mean, I was kind of, I was really impressed with Daniel Jones, actually. His movement was insane. He was, what, close to the leading rusher, if not the leading rusher, with 79 yards through the game. He would have had another 15 yards had uh, Sterling Shepard not been done later on in the game for a 15-yard, or what, rem- wiped out a 15-yard uh, gain for Daniel Jones on his legs. The game was tough to watch, so you have to admit. It was like, from both sides, there wasn't a lot of, big plays is it kind of the case of they were who they we thought they were um there's a number of things you went into there first off about the game itself i do think that buck and aikman really put up espn in my in my standard for for actually watching an nfl game now it sounds like you're sitting at nine o'clock on a sunday watching a fox game and that being said I have fell asleep for the last three weeks in a row, including the Broncos game the first week, the second week, and last night, which is not good when you work full-time on the league and you're trying to tweet stuff at half two in the morning. But sure, look, <laughs> it is what it is, and, and all we can do is try and improve. Um, before we talk about the actual game, I had the Giants, even though I picked the Cowboys, I something was telling me the Giants were going to go into London 4-0, which is insane. But just their matchup was that favourable. I didn't, like... <laughs> It was great to see Matt Life so loud, especially in the first half, because it's been years since there's been a relevant game there. Let's not I'm not jumping on Giants fans or, or Jets fans. It's it has been years. So it like in terms of a neutral standpoint, you know, it's the NFC East is better when a team like the Giants is doing well. So it's it was good for them to have that opportunity last night. Um didn't get the white out thing. I just didn't understand it. Like, why were they all wearing white jerseys? Like, what's going on there? I got, I know what they were trying to do, but they were the home team. It just was a bit like, okay, fair enough. But and and I get it's it's a big game for them. Uh, it was it was a wee bit strange. However, uh, the game itself, you're, you're you're right about Daniel Jones. He he is not the main blame here for for the Giants. He tried his best throughout. There were a couple of really really good passes down the field and. Um, Frankly, his offensive line should have done better. Uh, Saquon Barkley having 81 rush yards on the ball 
Uh, I think he had, was it 20 or so passing yards or 45 passing yards as well. So him going over 100 yards shows out of week one, week three, that we're getting back to seeing him at, at some standard 80 or 90% of where he was prior to his big injury. So it's great as a neutral to see that. But um, I was surprised at how the Cowboys could win by that amount of points when you had Cooper Rush. But Cooper Rush, 21-31, 215 yards, one pass and touchdown. Dak Prescott said it all on the sideline with his big roar. Uh, man, Cowboys march on 2-1. and one. The only thing I'll say about them is this division with the Eagles is, you know, it's it's over before we even start. The, the Eagles are winning the NFC East. There's not even a discussion point. That being said, with how poor the NFC actually is at the minute, you could see at least one of these teams getting the wildcard spot. Yeah, I, again, if I thought it was going to be either of them, I think I'd still put it down to Dallas because the defense was so good and Daniel Jones was sacked five times despite um, his rushing. Like you said, the O-line wasn't amazing for him. John, uh, John Feliciano, the center, came out afterwards and essentially said as much that we should do better. But I suppose the offensive line wasn't there last night. The other problem now is what are they going to do at wide receiver? Because Sterling Shepard, the last offensive play by the Giants, had a knee, a knee injury. As we record, it's not been confirmed that a season is over, but I mean, we might as well call it a season. It's pretty likely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's pretty is. He came into the game as the Giants, not surprisingly, leading rusher for the or leading receiver for the year. We know Kenny Galladay has been very upset with his touches at the moment. It's kind of like, is it going to all have to go through Saquon Barkley now? Because it is a resurgence from Saquon Barkley. You know, he, he was supposed to, or we was really kind of going into last chance balloon, whether he was going to break out again. He did play well yesterday. He kind of, grew into the game a bit more as it went on but it's like I, I still believe after watching last night that you're after mentioning Cooper Rush there as playing well and it's like well it's just this joint's defense is playing beyond or out of its skin at the moment but you know it's not really convincing me so when you don't have a big solution to fill Sterling Shepard gone you're hoping for a second Barkley the defense isn't really there I can't really see the Giants going too far this year. And look, it's a complete bias for me going into the year. That's the exact way I felt. And it's like, yeah, last night maybe proved it. The only bit of joy I got from the Giants yesterday was watching Daniel Jones go off for the 79 yards. And it's kind of like, where where did that come out of? Even though it was nice. But again, like teams are going to become wary of that if he deals it one or two weeks in a row. Come the time that we're in London, he won't be run, running the ball anymore. So I, I don't see too much there, I guess, for the Giants. I don't, man, that London game is... I don't want to give out a pick two weeks before, like, but it's intriguing because the Packers yeah. don't have elite offensive weapons. And yeah. I don't know, like Demarcus Lawrence, as you were saying on, on that defensive three sacks yesterday, and, and and they got to Jones quite easily. I think the thing I'll say about the Giants is there is a clear improvement there. And it's it's good for a neutral fan to see that. I had them going 0-2 to start the season. So for them to be sitting 2-1 after week three, I think Giants fans would have bit your arm off. Um, that being said, it's going to take time. It's going to take a new quarterback. There's no way in hell Daniel Jones gets there um, next season. He, he's gone. He's not staying on that team. No chance in hell. Um, they're, they're going to have to either draft someone or bring somebody in. Uh, it makes you wonder why they didn't go for somebody like Russell Wilson in the offseason. And there was probably cap issues, obviously bringing in a new head coach, uh, Joe Shane there as well. So it, it makes you wonder in that sense. But for, for the Giants, both me and you, Brian O'Leary had as many rushing and receiving yards as Kenny Galladay did last night. You know, is he is he done? What's the plan there? 
he he got done on a weird play that I watched the game in 40 and never explained why he it was like a 20 or 25 yard pick up was brought back it was kind of some kind of a glitch with the the time in 40 and all I all I heard was Joe Buck saying it looks like this play has been brought back by a bad call so he was kind of like oh that's tough on Kenny Galday who hasn't got any numbers now to show for it but yeah like you say like he hasn't really come into it. Obviously, last week, or it's not obvious, some people might have missed the story. Kenny Galday rushed out of the locker room afterwards, unhappy with his uh, his targets and his receptions. But like when he was signed, and this is completely besides the point, but when he was signed, like, he was in that free agency market as a massive name for no other reason than people want to get a new wide receiver when, when their roster has been depleted. So like he was he was good with the lines but he was always a wide receiver too he is gonna have to step up now and to kind of <laughs> we're gonna use that to transition to a different wide receiver and i want to talk about cd lamb if we kind of park the giants there and go towards dallas so when we're talking about quarterbacks cooper rush obviously isn't the future for dallas it is obviously Dak prescott you say that cooper rush well. was okay yesterday <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, well. <laughs> well, Jerry Jones, there's a good meme going around last night. Jerry Jones sort of pondering himself whenever they won. So who knows what's going to happen there? See, I don't think there's too much to ponder because what really stuck out for me with Cooper Rush last night was like the, tar- the depth of target was no more than 10 yards. A lot of the time wasn't even more than five yards. It was a lot of quick passes. It was some screens thrown in there. And at the beginning of the game, he took an awful long time to warm up because he was overthrowing balls. Like I, I marked down, Noah Brown had a lovely catch kind of the beginning of the second quarter, like five minutes into it. And he gets up like high and catches it. But it's like at the end of the day, that was an overthrow that he brought down because he had to climb the ladder. But it's, he was, it was Cooper Rush had no excuse. He should have put it into his chest. So like again teams aren't going to take too long figuring out what dallas is doing at the moment it doesn't help obviously that michael gallup is out but cd lamb was the tale of two halves really yesterday i have dropped balls written down in capital letters and three explanation marks after it because at the beginning of the game he certainly had one ezekiel Elliott went off for a 26 yard run it was backed up with a, a drop by cd lamb but then come clutch time when i think it was 13 13 at this point they go to CD Lamb on fourth down and he got absolutely popped, but he hung on to the ball. He backed that play up with a 26 yard run or 26 yard gain. And then the next play was the touchdown that there was obviously viral videos going around today because there's another one hand catch that apparently is happening every day in the league now in the end zone of all places. And it was a fantastic catch. And I was like, it was great that they were able to trust them. But I knew that the touchdown was coming later on in the game. And I was like, how are they going to navigate a path here that they will be able to trust CD Lamb by the end of this game to go to him when the game was on the line? And no, look, there was a lot of time left. But they have to rely on him. And I don't want to see him dropping more balls because I'd lost faith in them in the first half. I was like, that's when a more experienced quarterback or a more um, bountiful team would probably have moved away from him. It's like he really benefited off having Michael Gallup and um, Brown, um, Amari, or Amari Cooper, sorry, Amari Cooper, obviously last year, and everyone expected him to have a massive year this year. And I was like, oh, there's kind of some question marks there whether he will be as good as he can be. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to make. The Was it the play in the first half where there was the bomb down the field and Lamb should have caught it? And I mean... exactly. Me, me or you could have caught that I'm only joking but if we were in that position I mean I think we would have done a better job he completely muffed it and yeah. the, the one thing I will give is this 
you can mess situations up and like look at the Packers in week one with Christian Watson. He's barely seen the ball since properly. It's uh, it's hard to believe. And like Rogers has seemed to have, you know, went off him. A lot of people are giving off, albeit special teams about Sky Moore. I know CD Ram, CD Lamb is not a rookie anymore, but he's still raw. He's only a what second year in the league. It's gonna take him time. For him to still have 87 yards just in a touchdown with an average of 10.9 is is really good. Now it can work on that. But the one thing that I find which was interesting with, with Dallas, not just yesterday, but it's bringing other guys into it. Like Noah Brown, I, I really like him. Like mm-hmm. you need to try to get him into the game more. And then the, is it the tight end? I think he might not a Peyton Hendershot. So they've got different weapons there that they wouldn't have had previously. But you touched on it as well. Like that run game that Dallas might have is just I mean, like we were given off uh, on Monday and then given off in different podcasts about Buffalo and the fact that they're struggling on the run. I think Dallas had 180 odd yards rushing yesterday with Tony, with, uh, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And for all people giving off about Elliott, okay, he only had an average of 4.9 on the run. He still got 73 yards off there last night. And okay, that may be with poor coverage from the, the Giants defense, but they still done it. And to get 170 rushing yards when you have your backup quarterback playing is everything you need. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure watching yesterday is Ezekiel Elliott the bell cow. Now, he doesn't have to be because Tony Pollard is in there. And for the last two years, at least, we've been hearing from Dallas Cowboys fans saying that Tony Pollard is the star of the show, really, there. He is. He is. Yeah. He is, isn't he? I would, and he he had fewer carries for more yards yesterday, and he looked like he was the big play guy as well. Like Ezekiel Elliott's touchdown showed that he is a real power back, but he only had to pick up the two yards, and it was an out and out run play. Like there was every everyone was a lineman bar himself on that play. It seemed so he did end it well when he bounced off. I think two or three Giants defenders, but I'm like, is that what he's really good for? Is the four yard kind of pickup whereas Tony Pollard could go off like he went and had a 46 yarder yes and he's he had serious speed when he did it too so it's it's a great tandem but when you're talking about the money that they've assigned to Ezekiel Elliott and whether they're going to pay Tony Pollard and whether they'll be able to keep them look it's a good problem to have obviously and you don't have to worry about that after week three of the season I would be feeding Tony Pollard more I didn't want to take Ezekiel Elliott in my fantasy football and because of lack of other options, I did. And this was the exact scenario that I thought was going to play out. But sure, look, if Ezekiel Elliott is assigned the goal line touchdown drives and Tony Pollard is in for the rest of the game, I guess it's the best of both worlds for the Dallas Cowboys. It is. It is. And if the, if that works for them in the short term, go for it. Because whenever Dak comes back, they can mix and match more. The thing that I find funny is, and I'd love to get your viewpoint on this before I ask for your Thursday night pick, is uh, Prescott last night talking about how he's ready to go against Washington? They're, I'm sorry, but the Commanders is a bye week. Just, just take the week off. Like it, like we seen with Justin Herbert at the weekend. There was no need for him to play that game. He wasn't ready to play. Albeit he has some amazing flows, but if you looked at the NFC or sorry the AFC West on Sunday, it literally would have worked out for them if they just sat him and lost the game. Because yeah. the other teams had lost, but I, I was intrigued by how much uh, he was saying he's he's almost ready. I think he's crazy. Dr. Uh, Jerry Jones seems seems to think the same as well. W- what's your thoughts on that? Because uh, like, there's no point in rushing yourself back. There's another like how many weeks left in this in this regular yeah. season? Never mind season. Um, I I'm going to hopefully get a graphic out tomorrow or the next day because I really want to look into this. How when was the last time that 87 and a half percent of the league was within one game of each other going into week four? Like normally at this stage, there's 
five undefeated teams, not two. Normally there's five teams without a win, not just one. So right now, wins are not at a premium or losses aren't at a premium. Everyone is able to beat everyone right now. It's not like, look, the Eagles have that division one. So all of a sudden you're in this cluster of a wildcard race where everyone is level right now. It's like you're probably down to the like 99th percentile tiebreaker to split this thing up right now. There's no pressure. And I, I know you'd like it's great to stack wins now and get out to an early lead, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I, I, I just don't think the NFL is the same. I don't think it's going to take 11 wins to secure the top wildcard spot in the NFC this year because it's just not as strong. So yeah, I, I think I sit them out and sure they just they just picked up a win there that you know two weeks ago we wouldn't have given them the last two wins when Cooper Rush was put in there so um yeah yeah Dallas fans probably are a bit down on themselves right now because they don't have Dak Prescott but when defense is there rely on the defense and get the offense back when it's ready to go um yeah Dolphins are fleeing oh Eagles are fleeing oh Dolphins are playing Thursday night uh against the going to Cincinnati who had a resurgence last week uh Against the Jets, Who, who's your pick for that one? If, if you want to give your pick now, who have you got? Yeah, you I'm, to go on I'm, I'm, I haven't picked for the Dolphins. I don't think yet this year. Maybe I didn't even pick them against New England. Maybe I did actually. I didn't give them. No, I, I gave them a chance against the Bills the other day, but obviously my pick was the Bills because the Bills were playing lights out. You know, it comes down to clock management. One more second on the clock, and the Bills potentially bring that to overtime and win. So, you know, it really was a toss-up who won that. But to say that Miami are up there with the big boys right now, like I think I put my put them number four in the power rankings, that's where I expected kind of the Cincinnati Bengals to be. Before the season begins, I expect Cincinnati to win this game. But you have to pick the hot hand with Miami, the way they're, they're getting it done. Like a lot of it is fourth quarter. Like they're leaving it kind of late and come back into games. But it's the whole tandem of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle working out. And then like a serviceable, like Chase Edwins came from the Cardinals. So I, I knew him well. He's having a good year in there. And Raheem Mostert, obviously the, the the tandem that they have, too, is playing really well. Now, I don't believe Ian Rappaport's report that that was a back spasm that allowed him back into the game. That seems crazy. That was ball, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, a load of it. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think anyone can explain it away like that. But I have to go with Miami. They're the hot hand at the moment. And I am waiting for a surprise loss by them. I know that's a crazy thing to say, but it's like even the surprise loss just came for the Bills the other day that they were playing so well that I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati use this as their platform. They're back at home. They're on Thursday Night Football in prime time. Was it a good win against the Jets the other day? No, because the Jets are the Jets right now. Um, and no offense to them, but like, you know, the Bengals had to be win that, that by 10 points. And they did. They took care of business. So I hope I hope it's a good game. I would love, love, love to see the Bengals win just so that it adds another level of intrigue to an already stacked AFC West or AFC, I should say. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to Dolphins for that game. Oh, interesting. I'm still thinking about mine. I will mm. come back to you on it. But uh, don't get me wrong, I'm still thinking about it, but I, I, I can't. Not after picking against them the last couple of weeks. I think I'm. Uh, <laughs> I, think I, I, I have statistically to go. have not picked New England yet either this 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 year, and they're playing Green Bay. And I don't think you'll be picking them again for a start? while. Not with uh, not with Mac Jones out for what looks like the season. I think uh, they could be in for a world of hurt. It's a shame for New England because you do want to get a judge on Mac Jones yeah. after a good last year. He didn't look particularly hot out to get this year. So um, yeah, I don't uh, yeah, I don't think you'll be picking them for a while. Time will tell. Time will tell. Man. Yeah, look, uh, 
I hope that all made sense because we kind of went down yes. some, through some rabbit holes <laughs> and it was it was one of those games that I can't imagine I would have sat through had an app in on one night football but that's the joys of having one night football everyone does keep an eye on it and everyone talks about it and that's the, the the joys of prime time so we'll be back for another one of these uh post london next week and uh yeah looking forward to it thanks for michael for joining me and everyone listening and we'll talk to you soon first rounds on you on sunday mate chat to you soon